Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the Lakers bought into the second round of Thursday night's draft. They have a brand new player from Michigan State, drafted at number 35, just like Draymond Green. And Rob Palinka says that Russell Westbrook has bought into the idea of being a defensive first player. We'll see. That's next on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, sometimes on weekends, uh, no matter how you get your podcasts and where you get your podcasts. We've got fresh Lakers content available for you every day. Locked On Lakers on YouTube, of course, where you go to get all the breaking news uh, as we roll into free agency, Andy, with, which starts next week, correct? Yeah, June yes. 30th, uh, 6 p.m., I believe, our time, June 30th. It all happens brian so if you are if you are a professional basketball player willing to sign for about 1.8 million dollars you keep your phone on because the lakers might be calling no man they got a taxpayer mid-level exception they got they got a lot of options moving forward Uh, we actually have some mailbag stuff we might try to get to uh, a little bit about how the lakers could go about uh, attracting free agents to their roster for next year. We'll try to get to that, or we'll certainly touch on it next week. We'd love when we get your questions and comments to us, whether on the uh, Locked on Lakers show page or Brothers at gmail.com, at Brothers. lots of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, but anyway, so we'll get to Russ here in a second, but let's start on Thursday night, Andy. Draft night, the Lakers, uh, we had all hoped, would buy into the second round. We both uh, they thought did. they would. Yeah, we yeah, both we, suspected that they were going to do that. They certainly made it pretty clear that they were going to try. And uh, it was relatively early in the day on Thursday uh, that the announcement went out that they had bought the 35th pick and a trade. Well, they traded for the 35th pick, future second rounder, and some cash to the Orlando Magic. And they used that selection, Andy, on a 6'6 swingman from Michigan State, Max Christie, who I know you've been studying up on a lot over the last few weeks. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of Google searches um, in the last hour. Um, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of cutting and pasting, a lot of a lot Twitter of retweeting, searches. a lot of retweeting yeah. of other people's scouting reports. Yes. Oh yeah. So take everything we say from here on out with the, with a grain of salt in terms of understanding like the quality of, of Max Christie and the two way guys. Lakers uh, filled their two way slots um, with uh, Scottie Pippen. And a shooter from Scotty Syracuse, Scotty Pippen Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a shooter from Syracuse whose name I forget. Um, but it, he's a shooter, um, and we'll look it up before we get to this part of the podcast. But it, the thing, I, what I always look at is both what other people say about the players that they draft, and I would say universally, people thought it was a strong pick, Max Christie from Michigan Cole State, Cole Swider is the yes. name. I believe it's pronounced Swider. Cole Swider, he is a sharpshooter. I believe according it's to pronounced Mc... Ben Caro. Right. Uh, according to Dave McMenamin from ESPN, huge Syracuse guy. Dave, I'm sure, has already bought a Swider Lakers jersey. Right. So um, when you think about, you know, I you look at what other people are saying, the guys who do scout these players and spend a ton of time breaking down film, ever, the, 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 the response to this pick was, 
nice value, uh, makes a lot of sense, good potential to grow into uh, a, a solid NBA player. Rob Polinka said from the draft in New York that they believe that had he stayed for another year at Michigan State, that Christie would have been a, a you know mid first round pick next year, had that kind of potential. So uh, to be able to grab him this year is is good. He he's sort of seen Andy as a shooter. Didn't shoot that well last year in college, but that doesn't always mean uh, it won't translate to the NBA. No, uh, apparently his form is like picture perfect, gorgeous. Like his mechanics with his shooting and just shot making in general, or even shot missing really looks good like he looks <laughs> they fix he, it in post yeah i mean he looks the part of this you know he, he was a freshman and a one and done freshman and those are guys that often are really raw at this stage but like in looking around for more info on him i've seen a few comps to landry shaman i've seen a few comps to jeremy lamb those would obviously be incredible pickups if, if he ended up max christie Along the lines of a Lamb or a Shamit, that's an incredible value at the sec at, in yeah. the second round. I mean, those are legitimate NBA players, and anytime you can get an NBA player in the second round, that's a win. Um, also, another thing I've seen about him that I'm sure the Lakers noticed and made them optimistic is, despite the fact that he is currently listed at six six one ninety. Like, he is basically bizarro Taylor Horton Tucker out of college. Right, Taylor Horton Tucker, who was a little chunky when he grew up. Yeah, uh, he was he, like 6'4", 290. He wasn't that chunky. <laughs> no, Come on now. THT was not 6'4", 290 no, at I'm Iowa joking, State. But, but he was about 6'4", 6'5", 240. I mean, he, you know, he was... He, he needed, he needed to, to drop some weight, but at 290, come on I'm now. joking. I'm joking for comedic effect. But one thing, though, that's pretty consistent in the scouting reports of Christie is that he is both a very willing defender and actually a pretty solid defender. Right. For, which, and I, for a night, and I, I should have mentioned it. He's only 19. So right. the Lakers, like they did with THT, went very young with this pick. Yeah. So, and generally speaking, the consensus on him is the season at Michigan State did not, in terms of production, translate the way certainly people in Michigan State had hoped for, but that you could see a lot of potential with him there. Like that it didn't seem like he arrived. People watched this season like, ooh, I'm not even sure what they were thinking. Yeah. And, you know, apparently, you know, it was a, a quality workout guy. Had, you know, so it seems like they 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 made a pick here that makes sense that has a potential. Now don't expect Christie to come in and be a game changer this season. If he if that happens it probably means once again the Lakers didn't do a very good job assembling the roster. A um, couple of Brian fun facts that I learned from the Michigan State website about Max Christie. Um, mm -hmm. His top five movies are Black Panther, Infinity War, 22 Jump Street, Mall Cop 2, and Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim being the oldest of these movies from 2013. So it just reminds you, this is a young kid. Um, his favorite player is Kevin Durant because they have a similar playing style and versatility. He, you will appreciate this. His favorite class in high school was AP World History, so a lot like you. His favorite pregame meal is a Jimmy John's number four with cucumbers and tomatoes. I looked that up. That's their turkey sandwich. I would recommend he switch to a sandwich with a fattier meat like whale. Turkey's a little lean for a kid like him. And then finally, Brian... 
if he could play another sport professionally, it would be either football or darts. <laughs> it's quite a spectrum. <laughs> that is. Is is the moment the professional darts had a moment like there was it, it it like about you know maybe it was just the pandemic or something but like there was a stretch where like pandemic or like where darts was like F one yes. <laughs> everybody seemed to be talking about darts yeah was, was that, that Korean, was that time passed is that in Korean baseball <laughs> yeah <laughs> they both they both were huge during the pandemic I gave that a try I was, was like am I was... sports am I sports starved enough. To stay up late watching Korean baseball, uh, no, was the I don't watch the question. baseball. The problem was the time difference. <laughs> I no, I wasn't. It turned out the answer was no. Yeah. Um, all right, so a couple more uh, things to wrap up on Thursday night's draft night, uh, and uh, then we'll get into Russell Westbrook and some interesting comments from uh, Rob Palinka from New York, uh, interviewed after the draft, and so that is all coming up next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Arcade One Up, the one, the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in home retro arcade games, is not only bringing back the best game ever, but it's bigger than ever with a Shaq edition machine. It's one. Of, this was one of the first ever sports games to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams. No fouls, no free throws, and this time, no quarters required. You can compete with friends and family through the all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards. You can pre-order now from Arcade One up.com that's arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early september ship date and arcade one up is the place for fun they got classics like golden tea mortal Kombat, and others starting at just 399 bucks that's a great price and they're giving away an nba jam shack edition to a locked on listener could be you enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade one up.com slash locked on that's arcade the number one up.com slash locked on you got until july 8th to enter to win an nba jam shack edition council don't miss out enter today who are you going to play with uh before we get to russ just to wrap up the rest of thursday night the lakers um moves of note they did fill their two two-way slots uh cole swider as i as andy mentioned his name and i wrote it down so <laughs> i'm trying to remember it uh shot 40% plus uh, from three-point range in his final two seasons at Syracuse. Um, so, you know, see how that translates. But a, a, a good shooter is always a handy fellow to have in your system somewhere. Uh, and then Scottie Pippen Jr., who is an undersized point guard, played at Vanderbilt, my alma mater, um, and uh, put up a lot of points at, in the SEC. I think he led the SEC in scoring, actually, this hmm. season. But is a little fella at you know I think listed at six three I read actually is about six six foot six one um so there are obviously some questions about how he can defend at the pro level and all that but um is a good player and so sometimes guys like that when they're not expected to be scorers and he wouldn't be at the NBA level um can improve their efficiency can improve a lot of other things so we'll see what the Lakers do there again they have a good track record with this stuff so you, you know give them the benefit of the doubt and the two-way contracts can change between now and and you know when the season starts. Well, back during the uh, Kobe Shaq Phil era, Phil for years tried to find a way to trade for Scottie Pippen. So I guess they finally got their wish. Decades later, they've got yeah. Scottie Pippen on this team. <laughs> he wasn't specific about no. which one. Well, this Brian, we'll just this, wait. This is Phil's influence. 
Remember, we were all worried that it was going to be, oh, you got to keep Russ or you got to move LeBron. The influence just bring in Scottie Pippen one way or another, like close the loop for me so so I can move on with my life in Montana. Um, so and the other final note from the speaking of juniors and or not, you know, juniors necessarily, but sons of uh, notable players, Shaq's kid is going to be playing for. Uh, the Lakers summer league team. I'm sure Sharif O'Neal would prefer people call him by his actual name, but he is going to be known only as Shaq's kid when he plays for the Lakers summer league team. So uh, he should probably get used to it. Um, long shot to make the team. Certainly long shot to be on an NBA roster. I think he averaged about two points through his college career. Um, but good interview. That'll be a, be a <laughs> really good interview. And a fun thing to for for Lakers fans to watch uh, in mid July when summer league rolls around. All right, so Andy Rob Palinka was in New York, where Stephen A. Smith was <laughs> freaking out because the Knicks uh, did a bunch of stuff that wasn't to his liking. Um, but he was talking about Russell Westbrook, and he said that Darvin Ham has had some long and intense conversations with Russ and has laid out very clearly to him that he needs to be a defensive first player and that Westbrook is on board. Well, first of all, I would say that any conversation with Russell Westbrook about being defense first by definition is intense. Like, mm. like that, that's not going to be a casual conversation. Yeah. Once you with, explain to him what he means by that, like when you say, like, what do you mean defense? <laughs> like, wait, like first, first, like, like, I mean, you mean like upper half, right? You don't mean like first, <laughs> like, you like to put like the part of the game where I'm thinking about my fits, <laughs> like when I, when I don't have the ball, you mean that part? Oh, geez. Oh, wow. Okay. Hell. Quite a quite the ask, new guy. Um, <laughs> new guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who's been around a little longer, Darvin? Um, here's the look. We've talked about this before with Russell Westbrook and defense and what he can do, can't do. I think the ceiling for how good Russ can be defensively, it, you know, it's there, and it's certainly not as high as the Lakers would like it to be mm -hmm. um, where you and I have disagreed before. And we've gone back and forth on this. We don't necessarily need to revisit it to the same length as before. I think there are areas Russ can get better if he simply decides to do things like for an entire defensive possession, I will watch my assignment uh -huh. like the whole time. I'm not going to stop watching him. I'm not going to get bored. Uh, off ball. I'm not going to watch him run to the other Squirrel. side. Squirrel. Yeah, I'm not going to watch him run to the other side of the court and just kind of watch him from the other baseline. I mean, if he commits himself to actually prioritizing defense, he is not going to automatically become an upper end defender just from that commitment. But the commitment alone will make a difference. Like any level of difference would have sure. helped. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I do think that he, you know, obviously genuine attention to that and effort on that end of the floor always makes guys better. I just, I, I really, I just have serious questions as to sort of what he's capable of, even when he, when the, the muscle memory for me just over, what is this year going to be year 14 just isn't there. And so I think it's just difficult to 
to turn that on even when your intentions are good. But I, my biggest takeaway... I'd love to see, though, what it looks like when oh, the intentions are good. Let's, absolutely. Like, let's see what it looks like. A 15% increase, a 20% increase in the effectiveness of his defense would be helpful. That's yes. I mean, I am a big believer in even if you want all of the things... Some of the things are better than none of the things. And yeah. so I, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Um, yeah, but but like what sticks out for me with this kind of stuff is just how different the context is going to be this year compared to last. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make, but it is going to be much easier for the Lakers to make demands of Russ this year than last year because it is the last season of this. It is, you know, kind of, do or we can send you away much easier. Like it was hard to do that last year. Um, and beyond that, like Russ knows he's not going to get a $45 million contract next year, but if he wants to hook on with a team and play a meaningful role on a good team or whatever, he's got to show he can evolve in ways that go beyond the Westbrook that we've seen over the last few years. So does that mean coming off the bench as a six man? Maybe I guess it could, but you know, uh, a, a much more invested performance on defense. All these, all of this is more likely to happen, I think, this year than last year because last year he was very much like, "No, I'm Russ, and I don't have to bend as much as you know you think." Because I'm superstar Russ West, Russ Westbrook, um, and. This year, I don't think it'll be that way. Well, look, I mean, a lot of this comes down to Russ's self-awareness. I mean, you know, Brian, I'm a massive Allen Iverson fan, and I'm a massive Allen Iverson apologist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the way Allen Iverson's career ended, there's a part of me that felt like it was poetic because it was Iverson being Iverson until the very end. And it ultimately it spoke to who he was, but it got in the way of him extending his career for however long he wanted it to be because he just, he didn't fit anymore. He couldn't, he couldn't or wouldn't or both be anything other than AI. Right. And it seemed like Iverson was very unwilling to really even attempt making those adjustments beyond whether or not you think he was capable or not. Russ may come to Jesus, so to speak. He may also just, not be willing to be anything other than Russ. And or may not just... know how. I mean, I, right. I, I, it's it's not easy. Even when you have the self-awareness, it's a great point. Like I, all of the stuff I said before, it, I don't think, I, it's not like, I think that's automatically the direction it's going to go. I'm just Look, saying man, in Russ's In Russ's mind, he was adjusting last season. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I asked him directly about this in his exit interview because he had talked all season about playing different than he normally does and being asked to do different things his role changing all the time and it was clear he was unhappy about it like he he was not talking like somebody who was embracing a challenge and i asked him directly these things that frank vogel wanted you to do were you doing them or were you embracing what was being asked of you because there's a difference and russ understood what i was asking he insisted that not only did he embrace this, but he's been the guy that has always embraced right. being asked to do the Go, different stuff. Going back years, not just yes. this one. Yes. I just, I, I, the archetypes that people talk about, you know, recently with the Lakers as well, you know, 
as these guys reform their games and change whatever you go back look what carmelo anthony has done to kind of you know re- rejuvenate his game and rejuvenate his place in the league dwight howard you know when he came back to the lakers you know when he came to the lakers the first time and all that but it's not like the, those were not instant transformations no you know? i mean that took anthony was out of the league dwight was as close as you could possibly be to no, out he, of the league. He was a DeMarcus Cousins injury for yes. incredibly being out of the league. Correct. And, you know, so it, it took trauma to their careers to to get them to make these sorts of changes. And, you know, is Westbrook, who may not need quite as, but, but is Westbrook, is his game, which is so singular, capable of evolving that way? Not sure. But is he mentally capable of evolving that way? As you point out, not sure about that either. Or if he wants to, he may he may not. It's not like he didn't needs the money. He may not want to play like that. I, and that, yes. by the way, is a completely defensible position. If if yes. Russell Westbrook decides, you know what, I don't want to be a role player. I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm one of the 75 greatest players to ever play this game, and he absolutely is belong on that list. There's no question. Um, that's not how I want to play. He's got no obligation to keep doing it. And so yeah. I, I just, but it, he has an obligation it, to try not to be a pain in the ass on this season's team, this year. But he's, yes. got, he's got a year's worth of obligations to be a professional. Um, but beyond that, if, if he, if that's not, if that's not his jam and he doesn't want to play that way, he doesn't have to. And I would have no problem with it um, whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a, a conversation that carries through the summer, but it's just, it is an interesting beginning to this sort of uh, Westbrook thing because, you know, the Knicks, we mentioned the Knicks earlier, busy in the market. All, they, they set up to have cap space to go try to sign Jalen Brunson. Like, it's he's not getting traded. Like, the, win, the little windows are there. There are a couple that are still available, but broadly speaking, it looks un, it looks unlikely that he's going to be traded. So, um Something to watch for, Andy. Next, let's watch the uh, mailbag because we got some a couple really good questions that came to us, which we will answer next. Locked on Lakers, brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including NHL playoffs, baseball, boxing, MMA, soccer, NFL futures, the whole nine. Right now. You can actually bet on, this is fun, even though there's no NBA going on right now, you can bet on the the NBA 2K23 cover athlete. Um, last time I looked, Ja Morant was your clubhouse leader, getting 3-1 to one odds. Nikola Jokic after him at 9-4. to four. Joel Embiid, 7-2. to two. Go all the way down to Devin Booker and Trey Young at 33-1. to one. So if you're into the NBA or also into the NBA 2K scene, the culture, that's something fun to bet on. Bet online, your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Um, okay, so let's let's turn to the Locked On Lakers mailbag, which comes in many forms. People leave comments on the Locked On Lakers YouTube page. It's a great way to leave us questions. You can get us at Cam Brothers on Twitter, the Locked On Lakers Twitter page, which is just at Locked On Lakers, and of course the iTunes Show page, which is where uh, these questions come from. Uh, this first one from N Moody Thirty. Do you guys believe Ham and now Gent plus LeBron and AD can convince some free agents to sign here for less than their value? Remember, we mentioned 
free agency starts next week. Guys like Bobby, Bobby Portis, uh, Pat Connaughton, who actually is off the market, picked up his option with Milwaukee, and DeLon Wright that have played recently under our new coaches could upgrade the veteran talent immensely. Um, you can answer, I guess, specifically about the players they asked, some interesting names in there, or just the general concept of how uh, how appealing a pitch that the Lakers can make to get guys to play here for less. Well, I do think, I mean, broadly speaking, that Ham and Chris Gent and Phil Handy, maybe Rasheed Wallace, like I think that is a that is an appealing coaching staff mm-hmm. that if you're a player to join up with that team. Like I, I I actually think that if you are weighing your options and to whatever degree you care about who's coaching you as a player, you're gonna look at that staff. And I actually think that's something you at least, if nothing else, like the idea of joining. Mm-hmm. When you look at the specific guys, though, that uh, and Moody mentioned with Bobby Portis and DeLon Wright, Connaughton being off the table now, th- those are guys, though, that I think illustrate the challenge in getting guys to play for under their market value. Bobby Portis, for example, that's a non-starter. Well, I mean, he he could get like a non-taxpayer mid-level like as the starting point like from 10, almost every team in the NBA right that, that has it I mean you know I right. I imagine he's going to get somewhere like 10 to 15 per season you know he's already won a championship and he's already on a team that will keep him in contention so unless he yeah, believe- a place where he in a in a place where he completely flourished right he flourished they, they love him there like the only thing I can think of is if Portis is convinced that his success is specifically due to the presence of Darvin Ham. <laughs> and like he, he believes his superpowers are going to go away the minute he leaves Ham. Like that's just not realistic. It's the weirdest version of damn Yankees of all time. <laughs> <laughs> like, and DeLon Wright, you know, his current contract is a few million bucks above the taxpayer mid level. To me, what the more overriding thing would be: Does he want to come back home? Because he's from mm-hmm. L.A. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's it's not it's a difficult thing to come back here and say as a veteran, like this is your best place to win a ring because it's probably not. I mean, it's it's a place to go to the playoffs. Hopefully, it's also um, tough for him because they're they're already guard heavy unless they make some moves. Um, you know, he he is somewhere i think if i had to guess between a taxpayer mid-level and a full mid-level mm-hmm. you know delon wright's a really solid backup point right. but he but he's a little older so he's not going to cost a ton of money but yeah i think he's certainly a six million dollar player it's just it's it is tough to convince guys to come for below market value unless either you can offer that guy a really good role Mm-hmm. or you are in a position to get a guy a ring who's never won one before. Okay, so here's here's to the former. One of the names that we've thrown around is Otto Porter because he, he came up last year, mm-hmm. um, and there was some hesitance about signing him just because of the injury history and whatever. Stayed pretty healthy with, with Golden State um, as they won a title. But uh, the Warriors are in the same situation with him as the Lakers are with uh, Malik Monk, where they're limited in what they can offer him. They could give him their exception but perhaps they want to use that on someone else you know they've got Kevon Looney they need to resign they've got some stuff to do um the Lakers figuring out Jordan Poole figuring sure, out Andrew they've Wiggins. got and you know while money isn't an object you know you have to make difficult choices sure. I suspect they'll keep up they'll keep order that'd be my guess but I don't know the Lakers to your previous point though they can't necessarily offer more money but they can offer 
um, a very prominent role. Uh, you know, Otto Porter, you know, the, the Lakers have no wings, <laughs> you know, none. They are wingless. <laughs> um, so I, you could certainly tell Porter, like, look, you're going to come here, you're going to play with LeBron, you're going to play with AD, and you're going to start. Um, and, and he little... will, and he will never start with Golden State, not no. unless there's injuries. He's not going to beat out Clay. He's not going to beat out Andrew Wiggins. That may not he... matter to him. Um, but you know, so remove Otto Porter from the equation. The Lakers, more than most playoff teams, teams with playoff aspirations. I realize you technically can't call them a playoff team. Can't even call them a play-in team. No. Um, more than most teams like this have a an unsettled roster where they can legitimately look at free agents and say, yeah, you can come in here. You're, you know, spots six through 12 in the rotation, five through 12 are pretty open. Like we've got some wiggle room here. And if you're the right player and you need to reestablish your reputation, you're coming off an injury, whatever it might be, you have a better chance of coming to the Lakers and carving out a larger role where you can flourish than you might with other teams. That's not guaranteed, and I'm not saying it's perfect. It's not you know a perfect comparison, but it's somewhat true. And that could help. That could really help, dude. Other than LeBron and AD, there's nobody on this roster that's definitively starting, because there's these questions with Russ. You know, would they play him off the bench? Who else is definitively starting? Right. I mean, team? is is Kendrick Nunn a good player? Sure. I think a lot of players could come in and say. I could beat right. out Kendrick Nunn for so a starting spot. To, to or, your point about a sales pitch, right? Or Austin is Austin Reeves a good player? Yeah, if if I'm a, a a young veteran NBA player, you know, for whatever reason, finds himself wanting to reestablish market value, I'm I love Reeves, but I, you know that guy, I guarantee you, is saying if I can't beat out Austin Reeves for 23 minutes of playing time, I don't have any market value. So. You know, all I think all of these things are gonna are gonna play themselves out this summer, and it could 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 open up some options for the Lakers. Uh, you want to do the other one real quick? Yeah, sure. It's kind of uh, an interesting question. Yeah, Connor five eleven also from the iTunes show page, Apple show page. Would you rather have a team with a higher ceiling or a higher floor? For example, would you rather have something like last year, three very good players below average bench, or sacrifice the higher end talent to have more talent top to bottom? Um, I, I, I apologize to Connor cause I'm going to kind of twist the question around a little bit cause I don't totally accept the premise of it. I think what we, what we learned is th the three very good players and below average everywhere else is, doesn't work. Um, like you, your, your three good players have to be both healthy and transcendent. The Lakers, uh, that was neither. And then obviously you're including Westbrook in there and that doesn't really work um you know would you i guess could you say like we talked last earlier this week about bradley beal as a rumor would you do like that top three and then a really below average bench i mean all, you can all make three of those guys all three of those guys have to stay really healthy and for that matter kendrick nunn needs to stay healthy talon horton tucker needs to take the steps forward that being said though if those things happen LeBron, AD, Bradley Beal, THT, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, whoever is your mid-level exception guy, that could actually be a pretty good rotation it if could. everyone stays healthy. 
So, I mean, my answer to Connor would be, I'm inclined to say that, you know, you need stars, you need AD, you need LeBron or whatever, but I would certainly trade the third superstar for much more depth and stability from four through 10, four through, four through 11, four through 12, because I think particularly in the playoffs, you know, the way that scouting works and like that stuff starts to really matter. Um, you know, you need, you need not just stars. You need other really good players to get yourself through, uh, an NBA postseason. I'm not talking about like average dudes. I mean, like if my choice is two stars and like three above average non-stars and then the rest or three stars and below average everywhere else, I'll take my two stars three above average players and go from there. Take, well, you know, I mean, to, your, to your point, Brian, the two teams that were in the finals, Golden State had one supernova and Steph, a guy named Andrew Wiggins who was an all-star, but not all NBA superstar level. You know, Clay came back to form better than many people expected, including myself, but he was not at a it wasn't, Clay it wasn't, Thompson of old right. level. Draymond has shown signs, but they had depth. You know, the, you start going down the roster. They had a lot of guys who were credible contributors, high-end contributors for a championship team. Boston, you've got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are somewhere between all-star and all-NBA. Everybody else, you know, Marcus Smart is a defensive player of the year, but he is really, at the end of the day, high, super high-end role player. Mm -hmm. You know, they've, they've Time Lord is a super high-end role player like they don't have for the time being multiple superstars and those are the two teams that right. made it those, and there's two teams where all the pieces fit together really well yeah fit absolutely. matters absolutely absolutely um, all right so next week we'll get it start getting into and get ready for uh free agency which kicks off i th want to say thursday evening right yes um Went over to this at know. the beginning of the show <laughs> so our friday no but i'm just saying thursday evening as opposed to like mid midnight it's no longer the midnight call it's no, the uh 6 p.m yes eastern time um so we'll our, our friday show next week could have some free agent reaction mm -hmm. in it that'll be exciting get you ready for that uh you know and then everything else going on locked on Lakers on youtube it's where you go to subscribe uh and uh yeah everybody have a good weekend Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.